past and did no man, my thumbs were always sore. We stayed up past midnight, beating every score. Now I'm almost 21, playing evermore. Okay, so welcome, listeners, to Beatman and the Daughter, episode dose, if you will. The daughter is home from school because here in the great state of Michigan, it won't stop <clears throat> friggin' snowing. It just keeps snowing. I've been snow blowing nonstop. Well, that's an exaggeration. I want to say, uh, what's the opposite of literally? In other words, oh, figuratively. I've been figuratively snow blowing nonstop. Which is not true. Not nonstop. Say hello, daughter. Hi. So tell me what you've been up to since you've been home. Just sitting around yeah, and doing, doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. You've been doing absolutely nothing. I'm not sure. I'm sure your muscles have completely atrophied by now because you haven't really moved much at all. Yeah, they hurt a lot. Have you thought about, I don't know, exercising? I can't exercise because I can't play volleyball and I can't play basketball. So You could do other things like even maybe stretch. Mm. Maybe actually stretch out just a little bit and move off of, say, the bed. I move to the couch sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So what are we going to talk about today? I don't really know. You don't really know? I don't really know. Uh, well, let's talk about an easy subject first, and then we can move on to something else. Uh, let's talk about, so you and I read the same book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the book that we read together. Um, it was really sad. Yeah, <laughs> it was really sad. Maybe, I don't know, maybe start with the title of said book. Uh, it's called Mice and Men. It's called Of Mice and Men. That's what I said. You said, you said <laughs> no, you said, it's called Uh, Mice and Men. Yeah. Uh, Is that Uh supposed to be Of? Yeah. Okay. So we read Of Mice and Men. This is a story, obviously, by an American author, John Steinbeck, written quite a while ago. And I liked the book. So... Because the daughter, for some reason, doesn't like to read, don't know why, I thought maybe she would like to read this book. It's a short read. Took me about a week. Took her about a week. (laughs) Took me about an hour. Um, So we both read the book, and she couldn't understand why I kept trying to get her to read it, so she read it. And tell us about the book. Tell us us your opinion of the book. Um, It was pretty detailed, and I guess it was good written. I guess it was good written, (laughs) y'all! It was... It was good to read once you actually got into it. Took me a while, though. You think it just took you a little while because some of the, I guess you could say some of the writing itself was a little bit older than you would be used to reading now because it was kind of era-specific. So it was, yeah, it was kind of harder to, like, understand, I guess. Okay, so tell us about the book. Um, well, it's about... Sorry. It's about these two men, and they are like, what are they called? I guess you would say they're tramps. Okay, that. And so they go around looking for jobs and work to do, and there's the one man, he's um, tall and, like, not the smartest, and then there's the shorter one, and he's smart and basically takes care of the other guy and so while they're on their journey looking for other jobs the not so smart guy guy. (laughs) 
he um he takes like animals like mice and little things and he puts them in his pocket so that he can like feel how soft they are and like as a comfort kind of toy but every time fixated on soft things he likes soft things yeah and every time he does he kills it because he's he doesn't understand what he's doing and so they went to work at one place and he so essentially what we're saying is the big guy has the mentality of really of a small child basically but he's a grown man and he travels around with his friend who is does not have any mental impairments and he kind of takes care of the big guy because they've known each other since they were young according to the story but 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 he go they go to work at one place and very tragic things happen there and that was i cried a lot so i kept asking you to read the book and you were getting a little bit through it a little bit through it and then i kept persisting that you read the book and then tell me what happened without spoiling the book tell me no why what, do i tell, tell you what, what happened tell me what your reaction was after finishing the book um i guess i thought it was really good but awful in a way that made me want to rip my eyes out because that was super sad okay so what was my point though do you think of having you read the book um i don't know trying to get through it to see what the end is so that i can see like the actual whole story i don't know i was trying to get you to fall into the story Uh, and to get an emotional response so do you think that you got that from reading the book yeah okay so did you see what my point was in doing that yeah i guess so what do you think my point was in doing that I don't know. Okay, so put yourself <laughs> put yourself in my shoes then. As let's say that you're the parent and you want your child <clears throat> to read and you've been trying to get them interested in reading and you want them to actually have the experience of enjoying a book. So what do you do? You're trying to get you try to find their interest, but you're also trying to get them to fall into the story because I think that's what reading is. There's enough times when your teachers or whatever are having you read stuff that's completely boring, completely lame, and you can't understand why you're reading it, and it's not interesting to you unless you happen to luck into something that you find an interesting story, but you have to find that spark, and that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get you, after you finished the book, you were kind of sad, and you were kind of sad and upset at the same time, and you came up to me, and you're like, I can't believe you, you know, you, you said all this stuff to me, and what did I say to you? See, it's a good book. I said, see, that's what a book does. If you find the book that's right for you, if you find the stuff that you're interested in, that's what it does. It gives you that emotional response. It gives it to you far more than those few seconds that you get from watching a movie or something like that. I mean, occasionally, it depends on the interest you have. Like, some movies make you want to jump up and yell and scream, uh, you know, be happy or scared or whatever, but that's fleeting. But this is far more detailed where you fall into it. So you found that the book was actually pretty good and not like a super long read. But yeah, it's it's kind of sad. So would you recommend that book to others to read then? Yeah, I guess. 
So once you make it past the language that's a little bit different because of the era that it was written in, it's not too bad. And I think that's a lot of the... And that's why it's kind of harder to have people read the classics as well. This is not that old of a book, so if you're talking about... If you want somebody to read something like... If you want them to read the the Odyssey, for example, or the Iliad, even when I read it, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Kind of it gets to... The language itself gets is a little bit of an impairment to read the book. So otherwise, though, I didn't think it was bad. Now, what did you think about the movie? I liked it better than the book. You liked the movie better than the book? Yeah. Why is that? Just because it's a movie? No, I mean, I like books sometimes better than the movies, but it, I mean, I guess it all depends, because, like, I feel like you really got the feel for the story, and you understood, like, I feel like it made it more emotional, kind of. Instead of just having to read it and picture it at the same time, it was easier because, like, you just watched it and it was right there in front of you looking at the sad moments and, like, feeling how the characters feel. Do you think that had anything to do with the period of time, though, that you read the book? Like, if you would have sat down on one day and just read the book all the way through, do you think you'd feel the same way? Um, I mean... Maybe I feel the same way, but I don't know. I kind of feel, even if I did do that, I feel like I would still get into the character's emotions better during a movie instead of the book. Now, I will say, do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that you are bombarded by multiple forms of media? For example, it's very... I would say it's pretty rare to find someone, at least in my age group and probably older than me, that would say a movie is better than the book. Yeah. So I think that maybe, um, let's see, there's The Simpsons, which has been probably one of the longest-running TV shows forever. I don't even know if it's still on, but it ran I for think like it 30 is. years. So there's an episode one time when... I think, I don't know, Homer says to Bart, use your imagination or something like that. And he's like, I don't have an imagination. I feel like that's where I got that from. You know, basically because, you know, TV, I have TV. So it's, uh, my imagination is basically gone. Yeah. And there's another time when he's supposed to go see the the Itchy and Scratchy movie, but he gets grounded and can't see the Itchy and Scratchy movie. So he says something about, he's like, well, no movie can replace the imagination of a young boy. And he tries to imagine something happening with Itchy and Scratchy and they don't do anything because his imagination is ruined. I think that that's, I think that part of it. You guys are so bombarded with every multiple form of media that you don't have to imagine anything. So, do you feel that that affects your creativity? Yeah. And what do you think is the the outlet for that? What's the hope for your generation then? I mean, because you're probably I mean, nothing. <laughs> seriously, though, I mean, you're gonna. What are you gonna do? Just develop alternate forms of um, media, like virtual reality all these other things as opposed to just going and doing things i I mean that's how it kind of is during this generation i feel like knowing how this generation is some people will try and change the next generation do you feel like it's necessary to actually start disciplining yourself to unplug from things I mean, yeah, but certain things are necessary. Like what? Um, 
don't know, I guess sometimes if you're having a bad day and like I do sometimes, I'll be sad or something and I'll just go on the internet and watch Vines or I'll go and text my friends or something. Okay. I feel well, like if about... you unplug from that for too long, it can, I don't know. But do you feel, I hear this a lot with podcasters or, because I like to listen to a lot of podcasts, but do you feel like some of the opinions that they share is that even though today's you know teenagers young folks whatever are more adept at using media but they're actually disconnect they're actually more disc they're less connected than people even 10 to 15 years ago so maybe they're actually more depressed even though you can stay in contact with everybody maybe people are actually more depressed now than they ever were because instead of actually talking to someone or being with someone you can just text them I mean, yeah, I guess I understand that. So what do you think the answer to that is? Not that I expect you to have some answer. I don't know. I guess that makes sense because instead of really being with someone and hanging out with them and actually having fun, you're just sitting on your phone and texting them and not doing anything. Yeah, I, I think one of, the funny, one of the funny things you see is where... Like somebody gets a new video game, we used to say this a long time ago, where they would get a video game and they would go hang out with each other, but they would be playing a video game either right next to each other but not talking, which is fine because guys do that, or they would both get a video game, go their separate ways, and then call each other on the phone and play the video game together. Yeah, that's what you do now. Like you, like Fortnite, for example, you do that. Like they play Fortnite and they talk on their, like, um, in their mics. So, I mean, you're kind of connected that way, but not really. Yeah. Which I guess is okay if you're a parent because then instead of having, you know, instead of being stuck with two smelly teenagers or whatever, you're, you only have your own, mm-hmm. which I guess is fine. But I guess, I guess my point is when I was a kid, when summertime rolled around and class was out, this was when I did have any friends, uh, there was people that you wouldn't see for the entire summer or... If you saw them, it was because you had to take your, you know, you had to have your parents drive you to their house, or they got driven to your house, or you had to bicycle somewhere, or you called on the phone. But most of the time, you didn't talk on the phone for very long, other than to say, "Hey, this is, let's go do this," and then you went and did it. You didn't have this form of nonstop communication with each other, which is also less stressful. I think. I think that you guys are under more stress now than I was when I was a kid. You had the stresses that we had. Combined by like, or I guess just multiplied by a hundred, because it just seems like you can't get away from what everybody else is doing. I guess. I mean, I guess I don't really have <clears throat> opinion on it. I guess if you'd say maybe, but I don't know. Fine, do you like that? I don't have like an that. or I don't have an opinion. Well, I don't have an opinion. Oh, see, so you don't even have an opinion anymore. No, I just, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Oh, what about the concern that we have? Okay, for example, I see patients all the time that ha- complain of frequent headaches or neck pain, um, vision problems. Yeah, that's from playing on your phones and stuff. Yeah, literally, it's from them playing on their phones or 
playing on their computer or they've got upper neck and back pain. And then I'll ask them how much screen time they have or they've got frequent headaches or they've got eye strain or they get dizzy often. And a lot of it can be attributed to how much screen time they're actually getting. So I think that uh, your, your generation is going to be a bunch of hump-backed, hump-necked people with uh, poor eyesight and uh, low muscle mass and high body fat content. Yeah. But do you think it makes you more intelligent than my generation? No, because since we're exposed to more internet and all that, not a lot of us actually pick up a book and read or learn something unless it's on the internet. But you actually find it, so do you find it uh, annoying that your mom and I are always trying to get you to read? I mean, I guess I get annoyed by it because sometimes... I'll actually want to read, and then one of you will remind me to read, even, like, or, like, I'll be reading on the couch, and you guys will come down and say, like, oh, you're actually reading for once. Like, yeah, I can do that sometimes when I actually want to. But do you understand why we want you to read, though? Yeah, I get that, but I don't know. Sometimes I just don't want to. Yeah, and I think... For me, it's a little bit difficult, too, because I want you to be able to read, and I want you to be able to have access to lots of books and that sort of thing to read. Uh, but the sad thing is, and I noticed this myself, because over the years I've had to get rid of books, keep books, etc. It would be better to have them all digital. However, if they're digital, then you're giving you eye strain by having you look at a digital device. So there's a little bit of a flip of the coin there, because... Obviously, we want you to have lots of access to stuff and be able to read it right away, but I don't want you to have all that eye strain. Hopefully, the, the devices of the future will be less straining on your eyes. I guess you should get the uh, the actual book book, whatever they call them, like the Nooks and that sort of thing. Although I do not support Nook because I am not sponsored by Nook, though if anybody who's listening could give me a sponsorship, that'd be great, but I'm sure that's not going to happen. Anyway... So that's about that and those books. But I wanted to talk to you also about the different entertainment that you have that I know nothing about. Can you explain some of the things that you're entertained by that I don't have any exposure to or know nothing about? Uh, well, the one thing is Vines. Okay, I don't understand you, what that is, so explain that. Um, a lot of them, it's like a short clip, like 15 seconds, and it's of them doing funny stuff, basically, or a lot of them is like maybe like kids falling or because those are funny i hate to say it but they're hilarious and don't say i'm the bad guy for that because at least i'm not the parent filming my son or daughter falling on their face so there's that or they could be reacting or recreating like a meme or something or yeah so how do you actually find these? Is it you just go onto YouTube and see what ha what video happens to be popular that day, and that's kind of how you get your leads? Um, Vine is an app. Well, it's kind of dead now. They're making a Vine too, but it's an app where like, it's kind of like, do you know what Musically is or TikTok now? Uh, yeah. Well, I only know what TikTok is because they post it on your like it comes pops up on your Instagram. Yeah, it's like that's like a fifty. 15 second or 20 second video of them like lip syncing to a song it's kind of like that but instead it's a vine okay so they found it on that and now that the app is kind of like done and they're making a new one they all post them on like they'll post the old vines on youtube okay 
and you just look up vine compilations and stuff. Now, how much time do you think you waste or spend looking at those things? Looking at vines, maybe like 30 minutes a day just to like clear the air. Probably not every day though because I just got into them not too long ago. But you get a good like laugh out of them. Yeah. Okay, so see, I see value to that personally because I think if you're laughing every day, that's very healthy for you. Yeah. Um, so that sounds like something that, I mean, so is this, you, obviously, you know my humor. Your, your humor is pretty close to my humor. More so close to my humor than, say, your brother and mine's. For some reason, your brother doesn't think all the things that I think is funny. He thinks that a lot of mine is too, too toilet humor-like or too vulgar, which mm-hmm. is kind of amusing to think that my son doesn't think uh, that we have the same type of humor. But you and I share a lot of the same, you and I think a lot of the stuff, the same stuff is funny. Yeah. So probably a lot, some of the stuff that you're watching is what we would consider kind of slapstick-like. Like Slapstick is kind of goofy stuff, like you know, people falling or yeah. falls, or that's what we call slapstick. Uh, so just goofy situations. So did you know that there's a lot of um, comedians out there that are kind of angry about the YouTube stars? Uh, I feel like I've heard a couple things about it because... They're all like, why are they so famous for basically doing, like, makeup tutorials or, like, just sitting there and talking about random things or recreating TikToks or... Right. I think that, uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit odd because they get annoyed with it and they're like, well, how can this person actually go on tour and sell out a stadium when they're actually not doing anything? Or how is it that they have such a huge following? when some of these comedians might not have a huge following. But I think what they don't realize is it's two different types of entertainment. Yeah. Um, and they're thinking that they're in competition, but they're not in competition with each other. Yeah, they shouldn't really, like, be in competition with it because, like, they do it for... I guess they both do it for the fans, but, like, one of them is, like, for, like, to keep you... I don't know, keep you just out there and the other ones for like a huge career. Yeah. Well, I think it would be hard to be, I think it would be hard to take the, the, the small stuff that I've seen on YouTube that I watch or the different things. I think it would be hard to actually take that to a stage and do it. Yeah. Most of them are just like meet and greet so they can just meet their fans. They don't really do much. Like if you think about like makeup tutorial people, or, like, the slime people, they do it for, like, meet and greets right. and just to meet their fans. So I think that that's, that's the big lesson, I think, for these comedians that seem to have a problem with it. I'm like, you're not competing for the same audience. Yeah. You could have the same people like the same things, but, again, you're not going to go to some sound – you're not going to go to some theater to watch somebody do some YouTube stuff. You might go there to meet them, like you said, and get an autograph or – see what little funny things are coming up next, but you're not going there for a show like you would go to see a comedy. Yeah. So it's not even the same thing. It's much like uh, a lot of the comedians are doing their own thing where they're, they've just kind of flocked to doing podcasts also. And I don't think a lot of them can do podcasts. I don't think any of them have the same caliber of doing a podcast, talking into a mic because they feel like they always have to be on where they can't be open and honest. Um, some of them just are not natural podcasters, like Mark Maron is a great podcaster, but I don't think most of the comedians are. And they've got people actually trying to write stuff for them when it's just a podcast, for goodness sake. 
So I think that they're just trying to get into too many genres that maybe they don't need to worry about. Uh, leave it for what it is. And I think YouTube and all the other different apps are great platforms for people who have got actual real talent, too, to do 15 seconds or one minute or two minutes on zero budget. Yeah. So what else? What else are you paying attention to that's out there that I have no idea about? Um, nothing, really. <laughs> You're like, um, nothing, really. Nothing. Nothing at all. No. No? So what's the next step for the uh, the time off from school then? What's your plan? Um, I don't know. Are you planning on, you know, showering this week sometime? <laughs> I was planning on doing that today because I figured I stunk really bad. So then I just put deodorant on. <laughs> I just changed my shirt like, and put yeah, deodorant I'll just, on. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just change the clothing. At least that... That, that protects you from the outer layer of fog that you have uh, so far displayed to the rest of the world. Yep. Okay, well, good. All right, well, I'd say this was a good talk. It's a little bit of extra content for our listeners. A little bit of uh, Beadman, the daughter. Uh, anything you have to say? No. No, you have nothing to say? Bye. Bye. We didn't even say goodbye yet. Okay, well, then, this has been Beadman and the daughter. Thanks for listening. This is a little bit of extra content. Make sure that you also listen to Beave Man on the Dock. Like I said, we'll be uh, we'll taking a brief break from Beave Man on the Dock because I'll be doing some traveling. Hopefully that I'll actually be able to fly out because we're getting a heck of a lot of snow here in Michigan and hopefully the airports do not close. All right, so until next time, I am the Beave Man. And I'm the daughter. Uh, she says questioningly. <laughs> saying, adios, muchachos.